welcome to another episode of That's a Rap Pod. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales, a.k.a. CJ, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. I don't know what else I've got. Uh, who else have I got on the show here? Uh, you've got me, uh, Dre, not a part of the CG or the PJ, but uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I've, I've cooked up a little a little something useless for for all of y'all because this is once again a raptors podcast by fans for fans so we're fans at heart and we do silly things in the name of camaraderie <laughs> for the raptors um but before i get into that how are you doing jason the pj up, man? How are you doing? well not too bad a little unconventional i'm doing this pod at uh my office but you know anything for the raptors of course you know but uh this is a raptors podcast like you said nothing that you not that you've done that you think that you wasted it's, it's just all raptors research we're all just really excited about the raptors but we can't i, I can't wait to to talk about all things raptors especially that the fact that this is pretty new for us we've never really done a pre-game to to the game we always kind of do like you know after a couple of days we digest the game we talk about it but this one is like you know what let's let's talk about the game coming up well yeah um, i mean we, we we've got uh the, the Cavs game coming on later today uh we're recording this of course on friday afternoon and uh, the raptors are, are about to play their second home game on this mini homestand uh, against cleveland after coming off a very interesting victory over the paces which i'm sure we'll, we'll delve into in just a second yeah but um, I, I want to hand it off to, to Dre. I think I think he's got something he wants to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I've also done my uh, homework, I guess, for this episode. Um, in the most juvenile way possible, yes, I'm honoring uh, the not-so-recent now release of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the Switch. I have wasted my time, and I will waste your time, with uh, <laughs> this following experiment. So I've set it up to a 99 live stock battle. 300% damage, so it's one-hit kills. I've created eight All-Stars of the NBA, and they're going to duke it out. Uh, and oh, I don't think anyone can see you doing uh, quotations on All-Stars, because I think one <laughs> of them is not. Uh, I, th- that is no way to talk about Kawhi. He has done a great job, okay? So, uh, <laughs> yes, we have a fellow Raptor Kawhi. He's teaming up with, with LeBron. That's not a harbinger of things to come with LA. So, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Giannis Antetokounmpo is with Durant uh, on the blue team. We have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook on the green team. That should be really, really crazy. And Joel Embiid with my favorite all-star, Toronto Raptors legend, Rafael Arujo, dressed up as a cat on Team Yellow. So this is going to be great. Um, I'm going to play the match in three, two, one during this episode. And I'll let you know how it goes afterwards. Perfect. So multitask away. This is a podcast. Obviously, you can't see this, but we will tweet this out. Andreas sent this picture right before we recorded, and it's the funniest thing ever. I can't wait to show you guys. But you Go know what? You guys. Yeah, let's let's talk Raptors, man. The, um, you know what? Quickly, let's go into the last game, the Pacers game. They just recently released the last two-minute report, and surprise, surprise, mm. that was a foul. We ran away with that one, and the memes are going crazy right now. The tweets are going crazy. So, yeah, we did run away with it. I feel like we are owed one. It's, it's kind of no surprise, don't you think? Yeah, but I mean, like, this whole idea of us being owed a win because of poor refereeing in our favor or, or vice versa... I mean, that, that's kind of a lousy way to look at it because at that point, you're not even comparing gameplay. You're, you're, it's almost like in the hands of the gods. Like, you know how Al Pacino won for A Scent of a Woman and not for Godfather 2 for Best Actor? Oh. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, 
yes, we won because of technicalities or because <laughs> it was handed over to us by, again, the powers that be. And that's that's not a good way to feel about a win. Uh, let's be honest here. That was the Pacers game to boot because, oh, yeah. um, Jay, what? how long were the Raptors leading in a game that they ultimately won? One minute and 19 seconds is how long we held a lead for. Jeez. There are only two times we held a lead. It was 5-4 to four and basically the Freddie Van Vliet three-pointer. So, no, there was no way that we should have won that game, but we won that game. And the reason why I say I we are owed is because I will never get over when the NBA screwed us. I don't even know who we played, but when Terrence Ross shot that three game tying three and it was like a technicality, it was some sort of error. They didn't start the clock correctly. So they reverted and they said that if the clock did start correctly, Terrence Ross wouldn't have shot that three pointer. So I feel like we're owed like two or three or five games. <laughs> I will take the Indiana Pacers win or a loss any day. But yeah, I mean, and a couple like... things on that. So Terrence Ross, Terrence Ross's three was against the the Sacramento Kings. Um, yes. Yeah, and it was on some sort of a shot clock, um, whatever that they didn't start it on time. Um, in terms of the the foul itself, like with with OG fouling uh, Bogdanovich, let's let's also think about the fact that okay, he's an eighty five percent free throw shooter. If he were to hit all three of those free throws, which is possible, right? I mean, if he were to miss one, then there you go. The Raptors still win. But even if he did hit those those free throws, a couple of things could have still happened. The Raptors still had the ball, would have had the ball with about two seconds left. So that's, you know, as we saw in the uh, Danny Green buzzer beater a couple of weeks back, um, 2.3 seconds is all he needed. And also the Raptors were had all of the momentum. Sure, three free throws to tie the game would have kind of sucked all the energy out. But not completely. The Raptors dominated the fourth quarter. Even if this went to overtime, the Raptors still would have uh, pulled it out. Well, that's ultimately what it is because um, I'm going to try and multitask here looking at my uh, TV screen as I die. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the Raptors let Indiana score 34 points in the first and we were down by 10. So that was already like a bad, you know, a bad sign of things to come. But, you know, in actuality, you know, I'm going to try and be Jay here and talk numbers because sometimes numbers do tell, they always tell a story, but sometimes they tell an even bigger story. While we only led for however many, you know, seconds, not even minutes, it wasn't even more than one minute. We did win, let's see, in the second quarter with an extra two points, whatever helps. But it was, again, in the fourth where we only allowed them to score 11 on us. So, you know, every little point matters. And if we didn't win in the second, we wouldn't have won at all. Even if it was by two points, we would have maybe had just the one, you know, I don't see it as be the exact same move set and everything. If those two points didn't count, I think the whole game would be different had there been an extra timeout taken or while we only won by three, every little point matters. So of course, Indiana won the game statistically for the most part, but Somehow we came out with a dub and it's with all of these little things adding up. And while that is great, we've got to figure out our team depth because we are the first team in the league, but no team is is perfect ever. Even, you know, a stacked Warriors or the iconic Lakers of the early 2000s, the Bill Russell era Celtics, anything, right? Like no team is perfect, perfect. They all have flaws and we got to talk about them. So 
if we talk about death, I mean, we're we're very very undermanned. Clearly, you see that in the Pacers game. Uh, like like again, we are recording this right before the Cavaliers game. Kyle is questionable. Serge is questionable. Um, we're basically known for a deep team, but we're not we're not that deep. Like you said, Dre, it's the little things that help us win the game. So. Someone like Danny Green, who actually is the only player that has played all 33 games and has started all 32 games, he didn't really have a very good offensive game, but he played so well on the defensive end. Fred Van Vliet, same thing. He didn't have a very good game until the fourth quarter, and he definitely made uh, pretty big shots in the, in the fourth. He was the reason why we got that jump ball, too. So th- mm-hmm. it's like the little things that kind of help us win. So again, yes, we're not very deep, but key starters that are injured right now nurse has had to kind of throw out all these different lineups together in order to pull out these wins it's kind of like throwing out these smorgasbords of players which which ones stick which ones is working so we had some lineups that was really really weird as like delon Wright and og with chris boucher and norm powell and pascal siakam like it was a really really strange lineup but it, he was just trying to search out how things work and somehow we just got that win there was also one lineup that i hope that he does kind of play with uh, throughout the year there was that lineup of Siakam OG and Kawhi so with Siakam in the center and and I think that would be uh, really idea if we need a stop obviously we're not going to get an, a lot of rebounds especially if JV and now Surge is injured but if you need a stop uh, to kind of have that stop at the perimeter that would be a really good lineup for a defensive end but but yeah like I don't know how we pull that out uh, it was just the little things and I hope that well, I mean, I think Cavaliers are a lot easier test than the Indiana, but, but yeah. God. It's hard not to think about, um, or not to remember, like the last time we faced the Cavaliers, um, it was a couple weeks ago on a Saturday. That should have been an easy victory. And I remember <clears throat> we had a fairly large lead entering the fourth quarter, rested all of our starters. You figure, okay, this is a good time for our guys to rest, but um, our bench couldn't hold up. And the starters had to come back in in the final couple of minutes just to secure the victory. Um, it's that kind of victory where you know the Raptors weren't fully focused um, because again it's it's the Cavaliers, but it's it was almost like a wake up call, right? Like you just can't rest on any team in the NBA, especially when you're the number one team in the league. Everyone's gunning for you. I mean, we've experienced this with the Warriors over the last four years now, and you know whenever the Warriors come to town, everyone puts on their their best game face, and th- that's where they're trying a little bit harder, diving for that extra loose ball. So. Um, that's the Raptors now, right? We've been number one in the NBA for a, a good month now, and teams are gunning for us. So I fully expect the Cavaliers to come out and 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 really try to uh, pull out the upset. Um, you know, they just went into Indiana a couple nights ago and pulled out that unbelievable buzzer-beating victory. So, I mean, I'm not sleeping on the Cavs. I know that we'll we'll still be able to pull it out. Um, but back to your point earlier, um, Jay, it, it does sound like three big names are, are going to be sitting out. Uh, I believe Lowry is sitting out. Siakam is, was spotted limping or something at practice, so it doesn't sound like he'll be playing. So with those two out, as well as uh, JV obviously out for still another four weeks at least, <clears throat> we're looking at a scenario where, yeah, this, this depth is really being put to the test. Um, it's, it's kind of a kind of coming at a... I mean, you never want to say this is coming at a good time because it never is a good time um, but the Raptors just finished their toughest stretch of the entire regular season they just finished a 13 game stretch where 10 of the 13 opponents were playoff opponents 
And that stretch is now done. Now we've got a, a, a ton of winnable games moving forward. I know I, I pre- uh, kind of prefaced this last episode where um, the Raptors are going to be favored to win majority of the remaining games. If you go uh, to uh, 538.com and check out their, their sports section, they preview and give you odds on every remaining game in the season. And the Raptors are favored to win every game except for five. So there are only five games remaining where we are, the Raptors are the underdog, and there is an additional three where it's like a pick em. So even if you were to say all eight of them, they lose, that's 18 total. That's a 64 and 18 record. So again, we're, we're, we're very blessed to have gone through the, the worst part of our stretch already now that we have to deal with all these injuries. And yeah, it's, it'll, like I said, it'll be put to the test today, but enough firepower to at the very least get through the Cavs and hopefully uh, get in some rest before heading over tomorrow to face uh, the Sixers in Philly. Yeah, I think this Cavaliers team, even though, as you said, don't sleep on them, because um, it's not even just all teams are gunning for the Raptors. Uh, it's that, but it's also the Cavaliers, after having four years of, of luxury, you know, a fan presence. Let's be honest here. The Cavaliers, or Cleveland, rather, is a very stale town or city for for sports, and it has been for a very long time. That's why the championship with LeBron was such a big deal. So with this major drought that they're having, you know, the firing of Coach Lou, all of the trades, they're trying to get back all the people that they're going to lose, you know, all the, the fan base and everything. And they're hungry. They're not a great team, but they're hungry. It's not like the Suns where you could kind of count on them to just be abysmal or the Knicks. The, the Cavs have a certain hunger to them. And regardless of all that, this whole smorgasbord idea is a good way to figure out what depth we do have because we have what's still considered one of the best benches in the NBA. So why is that not reflecting? Is it maybe because Casey could figure out how to utilize our bench better than Nurse? I don't know. But the smorgasbord idea, this is a great opportunity to not be too relaxed with the Cavaliers, but figure out with all of these injured players what other strengths we have. Because again, like, we've got these interesting lineup ideas where again, Siakam as a center, that's, that's pretty interesting, you know, and that's not impossible. This is a perfect opportunity for that. And let's be honest here. A lot of teams are looking towards, you know, the Christmas day game more than anything. So while things are a little bit on the down low for the next couple of days, let's, let's figure it out, especially because we don't have the the primetime Christmas day slot. Let's use this game yeah, it's a perfect way to figure it all out before the 76ers on Boxing Day, right? Yeah, you guys threw out a lot of good points. And uh, I got to one heart back to what Jay was saying, how this is there's never really a good time to be injured. But if anything, this is probably the best time because you have uh, a break coming up until Saturday. The Raps don't play until Boxing Day. So if mm. you if you know you kind of want to put your put your legs in ice and, and try to get back so we can get back healthy. But um, like you said, Dre, we are pretty deep, but we are throwing out all these lineups and we have to you know go to players like Chris Boucher and Lorenzo Brown and obviously Moose is playing a lot more minutes than we ever thought he would but it, it doesn't mean that we're out 
of these games. It means that all these teams who are coming in, such as the Indiana Pacers, who are now, I believe, third in the East, and then you, yeah. I remember the team versus Brooklyn. We thought we were going to go out with that game, but we obviously lost. So, uh, you know, teams like the Cavaliers, it's basically the complete opposite spectrum, right? You have the top team in the East and the top uh, worst team in the, in the East, and they're obviously going to try to come and prove a point. I want to go back to this injury bug we got going on. We have enough games to under our belts to see where where we are. I want to know your your thoughts. The, the difference between when Kyle is not in the lineup versus Kawhi is not in the lineup. Like I want to know what your thoughts are when it comes to uh, who makes a bigger impact when one person is out. When it comes to the MVP talk, because we have two high candidates with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, it. Does- Depends on what your definition of an MVP is. Is it the sole leader that can carry the team on his back or the guy that makes the team? And I think this these two injuries are, you know, games of rest, uh, depending on these two players, kind of says a lot. Where I think Kawhi Leonard is a great leader. He carries the team kind of offensively defensively he knows like the external outer shell of the game like the way of the court how everything is we need two points we need to get those two points but as we've learned in the last couple of games and this is why we can't count out somebody like Kyle Lowry for the MVP conversation is that Kyle Lowry knows the internal mechanisms of of the court things that you just don't see on the outer level where you know he does like godly passes and it's like how did he do that and not many players are so good at doing the inner workings you have Jokic who I think is really good um Lowry I think like are two of the best passers that we have in the league right now um Drew Holiday's quite great as well at doing this kind of thing but Lowry's definitely one of the best at just knowing how to enhance your team and maybe not have the most points of the night Assists, he's always great, but that's evident to how he emphasizes the team. So if you're looking at the guy who could be the Superman and save the day by himself, you're looking at Kawhi Leonard. But if you're looking at most valuable player, not the greatest player, but the most valuable player, the guy who fixes your team and makes them realize capabilities they didn't even know that they had. I'm going to say Kyle Lowry's having probably his best year as a Raptor. We're noticing that immensely with his, the lack of his presence in these last couple of games. We need you back, Kyle. Well, I, I think that um, we saw a little bit of, of what you were talking about with the, this MVP Kawhi kind of came out in this Pacers game. And it's funny how like the entire team except for Kawhi was really playing poorly. Kyle playing that game and shooting just as poorly as everyone else was. And Kawhi playing the exact same role of savior and carrying this team on my back until the rest of you finally start hitting your shots. So, I mean, in, in that aspect, Kawhi is absolutely like the most valuable player that we've got. But then you'll have other games where, you know, there, there's the, the, I'm thinking about just last week with the Clippers and the Warriors back to back and how Lowry just carried the team. And I can't really see a scenario where Kawhi playing that game would have made the Raptors any more, like the, the Raptors played amazingly. So the point I'm trying to make here is that, uh, Kyle Lowry has um, the advantage over Kawhi in terms of having that chemistry with these guys. Uh, he's been playing with these guys for several years now, so they, there is obviously some chemistry there. The the Lowry JV pick and roll is, is always a benefit, um, and things like that. With Kawhi, 
he's valuable in different ways. He's valuable on those nights like the one against the Pacers where our shots are not falling and we need someone to, um, the way Kawhi is playing it, it's slightly different than the way DeMar is. DeMar was always looking for contact and looking for that foul and getting to the free throw line. Kawhi's type, he's looking for contact, but in order to help himself uh, get a better position in getting a layup or an easier shot. So um, why play, especially when he is operating the way he did against the the Pacers. So I guess going back to the question, um, they're both viable in their own way. Kyle has that advantage of having the extra reps with these guys and having that chemistry. Kawhi's getting there. I mean, we saw on a couple of instances in this Pacers game where he used um, the attention that he brought, the double team and the triple teams that he brought near the end of the game and kick it out. And that's, uh, you know, it was his drive that kind of kick-started Fred Van Vliet's um, go-ahead three. So, I mean, as this team continues to progress, again, we're not even halfway through the season yet. Um, I, I'd love to see both of these players, both Lowry and Kawhi, and, and what they bring from an MVP standpoint uh, together into this multi-headed beast. Yeah, and I, I think that... Uh... Sometimes I get it's a little skewed to me when it comes to MVP because is it most valuable player of the league or is it most valuable player of the team? I know it's most valuable player of the the season, so playoffs don't count. And it's just like most of the years, it's it's been the top player who has the most points, probably with the, the best team. So when when it comes to MVP for our team, there's no question. There's no question that's Kyle, basically because he has that chemistry with the entire team. And Kawhi, you can kind of see that we he is kind of looking for his own shot, but that's what he is. He's good for. He's a two way player. He is great on offense and great on defense. But when it comes to most valuable, I I have to I have to stick with Kyle. Like he he just runs the team so much better he gives that bulldog energy uh to everybody you can see the confidence when he's on uh on the floor and i i kind of just hark back when curry when steph curry was injured uh for the warriors like when he was gone they were a debacle like they were fights Mm -hmm. uh team fights uh with draymond and kd and like they even ask uh curry to just be on the bench like that's how important he is to the team and i kind of see the same with kyle he's there to motivate the team his teammates he's there to be the voice he's there to be the general and if you're talking about mvp for most points of course he's not going to get that but he is the general of the best team of the nba so if you think about our record and you think about the impact he has on the team how come he's not in the conversation when it comes to mvp he's not very flashy i get it he doesn't get the points i understand he still leaves the nba with assists he still leaves the nba with a percentage in assists so it's it's just kind of i'm just kind of confused of what the MVP is is looking for it. it uh, I want to say it's per team, but it's kind of like per league. So I, I I don't know. Maybe that's a that's a discussion for for something else. So I. Well, yeah, I think yeah, it's ahead. interesting that uh, you bring up the the Warriors because um, Durant is obviously a very similar kind of player to to Kawhi Leonard, and look at what he had to do when when Curry was out, I mean, everybody was like, Oh my God, he keeps scoring consecutive 50 point games. And it's like, well, he kind of has to for these teams to win or come close. Cause like he scored what 51 against us and they still lost Mm -hmm. like, um, and that's saying a lot because while I think the Raptors are an amazing team, they're far from like the all-star built caliber team that the Warriors have, even when, uh, you know, when they had most of their all-star players, Sons, DeMarcus Cousins back, but when they were missing a couple, uh, 
Durant had to score 50 for them to even be in contention with us, which isn't saying a lot about the team being bad or anything. It just says a lot of the value that somebody like Curry or Lowry or Drew Holiday or anybody who's a stellar person in that position could bring. And it's not just the passing. It's not just the the, the shooting of threes. It's the sense of the game that enhances and opens up the floor. I mean, let's face it. The league is the way that it is right now because Curry and arguably um, Clay Thompson both exist. They opened up the floor way further than, than before, and the league is trying to match it. And the league reacts this way. Teams react this way. Again, KD had to score a godly amount of points, so much so that now he jumped onto like the top five and leapt into the first place of leading the team in points because of, you know, Curry's rest solely because of that. I don't think he would have even been in the top five if it wasn't for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying here. I mean, the, the value of, of, I guess I'm going to kind of back, backtrack a bit on what I was saying, but yeah, well, uh, Curry is, and, and we saw that throughout um, his absence with the Warriors. I mean, it's, 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 we're seeing the same thing with Lowry here, right? So um, it'll be exciting to see how, how the team answers tonight. I mean, every game that we are missing key players, such as Lowry, such as Ibaka, such as JV, um, it really puts uh, a test to how are we going to respond as a team and show off that depth that I still think we have. I still think we are the deepest team in the league, but it's really being tested now. I mean, um, seeing Siakam at center is, is as much as we like to see it and as much as I want to see it as part of that extinction, extinction lineup that we, we, we kind of joked about earlier in the season. <laughs> yeah. um, we still do have to play Moose and we still do have to play Boucher because we are so shorthanded. Um, playing a team like Cleveland is a good, it's almost like a, a an appetizer to how we're going to play against the Sixers, right? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight's game and seeing how we respond. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to predict any kind of a, a big upset here. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Nurse plays with his lineups and how, how the team kind of uh, answers the answers the call. All right. Well, let's look about let's look at some uh, upcoming games. Uh, so we have the, tonight's game versus Cavaliers. I'm going to predict the win just – you know, mainly because we're number one and they're last in the East. But regardless, I just feel like we have we have more depth. We have a better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. And and yeah, I'm going to predict a win. But let's look at tomorrow. So this is another back-to-back uh, on the road. So we're going to be facing the 76ers. It doesn't look like Kyle's going to be playing that one. I'm not too sure about Surge either. So our lineup's still going to be pretty, pretty short-handed. But we are, what, 2-0 against the 76ers? What say you guys? What do you think? You want to talk about depth? 76ers are a great team without depth <laughs> to an extent. I still think that they have a possibility of winning, but if we can poke their flaws, like ours are being exposed with a lot of our injured players, we can definitely pull a win with the 76ers, uh, hopefully. Um, and the game with the Heat, I mean, the Heat, you can't really count them out too early because I know they have kind of a mediocre win-loss ratio right now, but... I mean, they've got they've got some skill. They've got Whiteside, for instance, who's still like dominating the league defensively. Uh, I think we could be in favor to win all of these, but as was brought up by both of you earlier, everybody's gunning for the Raptors, and that means that they might 
rest more in some games just to bring their A game towards us. So you can't count anything out. Um, I'm actually going to change my prediction from my article this earlier this week. I had us beating oh. the the Sixers, but now now I think I'm going to backtrack and say that we are actually going to lose uh, tomorrow. Did so well. Was putting you know Kawhi on Ben Simmons and shutting him down. Um, that last game against Sixers, I mean, JV was just absolutely dominant. Um, so his presence is going to be missed. Missing both him and Ibaka, that's going to be tough to stop Embiid. So um, on the back end of a back-to-back, and, you know, you never know with back-to-backs if Kawhi is going to play or not. I mean, I think we're at that stage where he's he's already said that he's ready to start playing back-to-backs, but I can't rely on that. I don't know if any of you guys can. So um, I'm actually going to say that the Sixers game is going to be a loss um for this for our shorthanded team but again we have some excuses built in so it's all right it it kicks off a a short uh three game uh road swing or actually no it's the second of the three game road swing um we are going to win and you know what i'm going to stick with that um goran dragic is now out until i think the all-star break Hmm. so part of a key cog in in their in, in what they're trying to run um, Justice Winslow is also day-to-day with an ankle, so he may or may not play. And even if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. So, yeah, let's, let's let's give the Raptors a victory on that one, especially they'll want to come out, you know, guns a-blazing, um, having not had a Christmas game. So I think that one will be a victory. Uh, follow that up with a game against the, like, they're going to stay in Florida and play two nights later in Orlando. And we remember the last time we faced in Orlando, Danny Green's buzzer beater was... Uh, one of the highlights of the the early season. We've got a few buzzbeaters from in Orlando, haven't we? Like in Raptors past, Vince Carter, Demar Derozan. True. I guess you oh, could I say. Think she, I think you know what I was thinking of Derozan, not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we've, uh, we've had a true. good time in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, of course, Disney World's there, and so is Universal, right? So how could you not? Um, but uh, I think uh, I'm not sure, but I thought uh, Vucevic was was injured, but he's not popping up on the injury report here. So, oh, um, I I was ready to chalk this up to an easy victory, but I'm going to say this is a little bit more challenging. But still, these are the Raptors. I mean, the I haven't finished completely researching this for my next article. But I'm going to say that this is going to be another victory for the Raptors. Um, you know, Orlando did play us tough last time we were there. But as you, as as I alluded to already, like we 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 did win. So um, let's call that one a victory. And I'm going to end off this um, upcoming schedule portion with uh, the last game of 2018. And this is a game back home against the Bulls. Um, it is. I'll give you guys a little bit of a preview. I I took a couple of popular Christmas songs and Christmas oh. poems. <laughs> Christmas. Oh my God! Let's hear him. And and I'm I'm working them into next week's uh, preview article for the week. So every game is going to be reworded from some sort of Christmas carol. So let me preview guys for next week's article. Um, the Chicago Bulls game. <clears throat> I'm gonna try to sing this. <clears throat> I can't wait. You know Laurie and Bobby and Chris Dunn and Carter. <laughs> Cameron and Denzel and Robin and Parker. But do you recall the most famous Chicago Bull of all? The red-faced head coach had no control of his team. And if you watched these Bulls play, you would even want to scream. The NBA teams laugh and joke and mock their oh 
They rarely hit triple digits and might as well call Carmelo. Hey. <laughs> I just sang. That's it. That's it. Final. Low, that's really? o- it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's it's the Carter. It's over. Yeah. Uh, these kinds of things can go really, really poorly, or they can be like miraculous. And I think I think you've made you you've made Christmas. That that was that was shockingly <laughs> shockingly good with uh, the, the the meter, the the pentameter, <laughs> the rhymes, when, when everything. It was a little too good. <laughs> Episode, oh, I'm definitely skipping over this part. I'm not listening to this part. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only person who did something really juvenile for this. <laughs> Hours spent on me's on on Christmas carols. I mean, good God, we're at we're, we're all in our thirties. <laughs> Jay, that, you that, get, was, that was sensational. Jay, you got to tweet those lyrics out, man. Please, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I still got to do. I still got to do one for for the heat and for the magic. So I'm still. Like I got, I got my intro. I got my intro. Uh, so I've got a different Christmas thing for that. But yeah, I got to do one for the heat and for the magic. I mean, good lord, that was incredible. Monday, man. so I still got a little bit of time. <laughs> Dwayne, oh my god, that's Dwayne, the Flash Man. <laughs> He's getting very old. I don't know, like, what, what else? Oh, I'm remember? typing as you speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. I'm not going any further. I, I see what you mean now. I don't want to sing on this. Oh my god. But uh, all right. Speaking <laughs> of ushering in the new year, uh, why don't we? Uh, is try and be serious here and compare the 2018 Raptors to the 2019 because you know we're we're reaching New Year's Day. That's part of what the holidays are about. Seeing what resolutions came true and what didn't. You know when it comes to Masai promising us a better team. Let's compare the 20 Raptors who were also the first seed in the East. I believe were they first in the league? No, they were first no. in the East, but are now first in the league. So let's compare. Let's compare the Raptors of then and now. All right, so I don't have a song for you guys, but I need to. I, I have to, if we compare about, I guess, 2017, 2018 Raptors to compare to this year's Raptors, like we, we all kind of have to agree that the team's previous has kind of plateaued. So what Masai pulled out, and I st- sometimes I still can't believe what he what he pulled, like to get Kawhi, and not only Kawhi, but in a great acquisition in Danny Green. There's so many changes that has happened, but at the same time, we've kept it the same. We have a new coach, but we also, it's kind of like a, an, a familiar face. So it's like changes, but not. And I remember going to uh, an exclusive for Open Gym and Masai was there and he was kind of just giving an interview for the crowd. And he's saying, and you know what, one day we're going to have a championship in this in this city. And I believe him. Like he, he believes in himself when you have a GM that believes in what he does in his work, maybe we can't, you know, be happy with every decision that he's made, but at least we trust him. So if we compare last year's team to this year's team, last year's team, we were first in the East, this year's team, we're first in the NBA. And I feel like we are supposed to be there in the conversation for a title contender. Like we, it's, it's a possible that we could be the only team that can face the Warriors. And now it's like, no, the Raptors are good. They're here. They're here to stay. And it's just a different feeling for this year. And I feel like there's a lot of things to come. I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to preface to say that Kawhi is going to stay, but I do feel like we're going to be good for, for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that uh, when comparing the two teams, um, you know, the, from a regular season standpoint, we we very well could end up with a, a similar record to to last season around the sixty win range. 
Um, and we're still going to face the same criticism from the media that the, the Raptors are going to choke in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Changed last year. And that I'm not talking about the acquisition of Kawhi. I'm actually referring to Lowry and how he became, uh, he, he shedded the playoff choker label himself. And that's going to do wonders this coming playoffs because now he's battle tested. I mean, and, you know, even if we think about how well OG played during the last playoffs. I mean, the, there are a lot of good things to take off from that last playoffs that can carry over into this year's playoffs. Throw in the fact that we now have one of the best two-way players in the NBA uh, to prop up our defense. I think the sky is the limit on where on where the Raptors can can go this season. Um, I've very much been on the bandwagon of Kawhi is going to resign, um, and I'm going to stick with that. Um, as it pertains to his performance in the playoffs, it's it's going to be wonderful to to watch because, and we were already talking about this earlier in the pod, the difference between Lowry, the team with Lowry and the team with Kawhi, both of those combined in the playoffs is going to be a difficult out for any NBA team. And I'm including the Warriors because in the, in the playoffs, the rotations get shorter, slows down, and... Offenses stall, and having someone like Kawhi in your back pocket to uh, help you out through those poor shooting nights or when the the, the defenses are just too tight, his physical uh, presence on offense as well as on defense is going to put us over the top. So I think, yeah, this is going to be a much better season uh, from a playoffs perspective than last year. And even from the regular season standpoint, we're already on pace to surpass 60 wins. I already kind of alluded to the fact that we could get up to 64. So I think we'll 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 hit our 60 and we'll uh I mean we'll we'll reach f- further than we've ever reached before. Dre predictions? Yeah, I think uh, I I'm agreeing with uh all, pretty much everything that that Jay has been saying. Um and I bring this up all the time. I feel like I'm Charles Barkley ranting. I'm I'm the go-to guy for ranting and being like the but here's the thing. Uh, like all the time on the show but here's the thing. Once again, everybody loves to just have one idea about a team, even though teams are changing all the time. No team is the exact same, even the year afterwards. You could be a championship winning team and have one or two different players. Of course, you will always have a new player because every team will draft or trade in the offseason. No team is exactly always the same ever. And even if they are, if you have all the same pieces you won't work the same way again why is it that the warriors won a championship the first time broke the record for most wins in a season came up short in the championship got durant and second year with durant had considerably fewer wins but still you know won in the the championship but no team is going to perform exactly identically no matter how good or bad you are all the time always and this whole thing about people still calling the Raptors the we that choke or whatever. We have a, a far different team now, despite the fact that only a few key things have changed. Um, it's still drastically different. I think we're going to have a much stronger playoff presence uh, because no disrespect to DeRozan. I think Kawhi is a much more solid player when it comes to you know a playoff position. I mean, for God's sakes, the guy won playoff MVP back on the Spurs. And I think he's on a similarly strong, powerful team, despite, you know, not having, you know, a, a Tim Duncan or a Tony 
Kopar or Manu Ginobili. Uh, he's got fresh, younger players that could still bring a lot of great to the team. I mean, Lowry, people are arguing that Siakam could potentially be an all-star this year and will definitely be an all-star in the future. I mean, that's huge. He's, he's not alone. And we've got Nurse, who, as great of a coach as he is, is still figuring things out, but that's not a bad thing. He still has some ways to to improve the team, his own coaching capabilities. There's still room for growth. There's room for growth, and we're in first in the league. That's pretty damn good, in my opinion, because if we were struggling, we had to hang on to the eighth spot. That would be different. But obviously, uh, and I think it goes without saying, Masai, the, the easily the best GM we've ever had. I mean, if you look at somebody like Rob Babcock, who passed on oh, Igadala for God's sakes, with Rafael Goddamn Arujo, I mean, that says a lot, right? <laughs> like, we're, we're in good hands. And I think I, I honestly see 100% Eastern Conference Finals and a very high percentage of reaching the actual Finals Finals. And depending on how the Warriors shape up with DeMarcus Cousins or what happens with the Nuggets hanging on to the top spot or, you know, anybody else, the Clippers, we could win the whole thing. I honestly believe that. And it's the only time as a Raptors fan I've ever felt that way. That way. I mean, what do you think, Jason? There you go. And I just want to, before we end off this pod, I want to say the bandwagon for Pascal Siaco is closed. There is no more room. Pascal is going to win probably most improved player. And we do have a coach of the year candidate. Nick Nurse, he may be a new coach to the NBA, but he's not a new head coach. He does. He has a lot of experience head coach uh, everywhere else in uh, across the seas and the G League. So he has a lot of experience, but he might be new to the NBA. So I want to say the hype train for that is also close. And <laughs> yes, I agree. This is probably the most confident I've ever been in the Toronto Raptors team, and you can kind of see it from the attention that they've gotten from all types of media, not only sports, but just like news in general. And and it's great to see. It's it's a perfect time to be a Raptors fan. And to end this pod, like if we don't talk to each other until until 2019, I hope you guys have a phenomenal Christmas, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday with health and wealth and everything happy for your family, from my family to yours. To Dre, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas holiday. Jay, same thing to you and to our fans. Uh, everyone who's listening in our cars or have, we again, we're just, we're brand new, but this year has been a pretty outstanding year for experimenting and doing things that you love. So with the fact that we have a a wonderful team like the Raptors, man. I get to do this with you guys once a week. We're top of the NBA, and that couldn't be a better Christmas present for for us. So, but yeah, man. Like anything else you guys want to say for 2018? I'll follow up your your kind words uh, with my own kind words. But firstly, uh, the Smash Brothers tournament is is oh complete. yeah yeah who won? <laughs> uh, it, it it's telling. So uh, in fourth. Uh, we have uh, Antetokounmpo and uh, Durant, who both died the, the quickest That's on their surprising. teams. Um, but mm-hmm. oddly enough, uh, I guess because everybody had high damage and one-hit KOs, um, a two-way tie for second. Um, <laughs> you have Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook in second on the green team, and uh, Embiid having to drag along Rafael Arujo, who you know I set to level nine as well. I didn't want to be unfair. Uh also second, and in first place, we have uh, Kawhi Leonard, who was me, and LeBron James, where LeBron James got 97 kills, but died. 
and I made it out to one life left and had the fewest kills, 47, because I tried to play it stealthy, make it until the end. And that's what happened. Uh, once again, Kawhi is clutch. This is like so... <laughs> next level NBA fantasy. <laughs> this is an entire yeah. different level. But uh, I feel like, yeah, thank you so much for the kind words. I wish everybody here and your your families, your uh, friends, everybody, your loved ones, I, I'm, I'm happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Uh, to all of the listeners, uh, whatever you believe in, I, I hope you have a great time off of work. Or if you are working, I hope work goes smoothly during this this holiday season and that you and your loved ones have a wonderful time together because that's what this time of year is all about, spending it with the ones that you love and embracing their time together and you know the fact that, that you have them in your life and what you could bring to them in your life, everything. I just hope that... Everybody has has a, has a great holiday season, and I, I also love being on this podcast. And even if the Raptors were losing the first eleven games like they were ten years ago or so, Raptors fan base is still so so tight, so close, so noble that I wouldn't mind. I'd still have a blast doing this. And you know, we're lucky that we're first in the league right now. But either way, I, I love Raptors fans. They have kept me going with. The, team and very tough times you know i follow a lot of teams you can only imagine how toxic some fan bases can be i won't point any out this is a great fan base and i couldn't be happier to than to do with 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 both of you and for fans like like you everything that you guys have said um it's it is a really great time of the year to kind of sit back and, and reflect on the year that's been but also a chance to look forward to what's ahead in the new year right and you know, this past year, we've started this pod, we've kind of grown as a pod. I mean, I think about our first episodes and how we were kind of, kind of bumbling our way through it. And now listen to us. I mean, we've got, we've got yeah. like, legit we're still mics doing that. <laughs> now. We're, we've got Christmas sound clips. This, the way this, this podcast has evolved has been a wonderful journey with you guys. Uh, but also, it's, it's almost like we're progressing as the Raptors are. The Raptors have been progressing all year long, and they're number one in the NBA. Like, it's it's very exciting. So, again, I echo what you guys said um, in terms of, like, this being an amazing year. And I, I say, you know what? Let's, let's look forward to an amazing 2019. Um, I also wish a wonderful holiday season to specifically you two and your families and friends um but also to all of our listeners um thanks for you know keeping us up thanks for listening thanks for commenting and liking and advertising and promoting everything that you do for us um so thank you we'll promise to continue to bring you only the best content that we possibly can i promise i will no longer sing on this pod oh come on <laughs> no man uh, what happened yeah. to the best content <laughs> and i guess from my end I, again i don't know if we're recording next week but i guess for for, for 2018 I, I guess we can say that's a wrap that's a wrap boys i'm sorry camello i hope you find a team to enjoy your holiday season with <laughs> i was hoping, actually Dre, i was hoping i could end a, end a podcast too by saying happy birthday basketball because on today today's day this is when uh james Naismith invented basketball 127 a years canadian ago. A on December, yeah, uh, Canadian, 127 years ago. But damn it, yeah, wow. man. So Dre, last time 2018, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. Uh, this year and next year. 
<laughs> yeah, you can find me at Rosalisaurus on Twitter. Um, I already plugged the uh, the weekly article, but you guys have already heard a, a small portion of it. So definitely tune in on Monday to catch the rest of my Christmas uh, hijinks. <laughs> and you can find myself uh, jlone20 on Twitter you can find this podcast on that's a rap pod on Twitter you can find this podcast on all your co- podcatchers iTunes Stitcher Spotify Google Play leave leave comments leave reviews and especially leave us a five star review because it helps us find you Raptor fanatics out there because you know we the north but yeah man until next time until 2019 that's a wrap boys don't go to LA Anthony Davis don't do it best part of it.